Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily, featuring some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, uh, we were joined by our old mate Paul Breen-Turner. Paul works a lot in Gibraltar as a commentator. And, of course, they've taken a bit of a kicking this week. Uh, Shipped 20 goals in two matches. So what's the fallout been there? We also... Andy has quite trenchant views on this, as we discovered on Monday, chatting to Andy Brassel. So we heard that again. Interesting chat Mm. with Paul. Lewis Moody joined us 20 years ago go today England won the World Cup the Rugby World Cup in Australia against the Aussies and uh, Lewis had a pretty major impact on the result he told us about that and his memories mm. of the day uh, we had a bit of a chat didn't we as we always we did. do bit of mastermind maybe the last one for a while could be the listeners yeah. got involved yeah a bit of mastermind so well, I think that'll keep you going here it all is <laughs> I watched England the other night and... Uh, yeah, it was fun, wasn't it? Oh, God. I only saw the second half. I went along to see a screening of uh, a little yeah. Harry Hill short film, so uh, which was far more entertaining than the first half of the England match. But I did catch up with the highlights uh, of that first half. Yeah. Adrian Durham put a photo of Scopia on the uh, on Instagram yesterday yeah. saying it's the city of statues. I think it was one of them Harry Maguire. Yeah. <laughs> no, leave him alone. Leave him alone. Hashtag great, be kind. He has got a blind spot, hasn't he? He was moaning him? about soft penalties being given. Oh, I was, was thinking, hang on. God, that was such a clear penalty. <laughs> yeah, it certainly apart was. apart from that, the referee was the epitome of a homer. I'm surprised <clears> he didn't <throat> go, dull when, yes. when we scored. Oh, yeah, he, he was, was a bit, terrible. wasn't he? Penalty. Um, oh, you've got to stop giving penalty. That was, It was a soft penalty. It was yeah. a ridiculous penalty. Charlie Baker sent me a, a, a bit of old footage of a game between Coventry and Torquay back in the day, a 2-0 a two <laughs> win for uh, Coventry. That's why he's got the footage. Played on, on the pitch, the pitch they played on. I mean, I've heard some of the England players mm. complain about a, a few stones and mm. some sand. I mean, it would be interesting. It would be a great experiment, although they would never do it for insurance purposes. If they basically managed to, um, to reconstruct... Uh, the old baseball ground, yeah. the, which is the one everybody turns to. The baseball ground at its worst, and you try to play a Premier League it game on great. it now. Or if you just got some Premier League players now to train on one of the pitches that guys it played on in the 70s. Well, I played cricket once, it was a league game, and the whole of the outfield, apart from the square, was covered in goose poo. You know, All right, OK. Quite unpleasant. You, know, you yeah. couldn't avoid it. You think this definitely affected the quality of the match. Goose poo hitting, was it? <laughs> <laughs> i say it was. Yeah, fantastic, yeah. <laughs> oh, now, I was walking into the building yeah. the other day. Mm, good. T- t- leaving, just as I got come into the building, was a guy who looked incredibly like Sean Penn, Hollywood superstar Sean well, Penn. Might have been him. But you're thinking at first, that was never a pen. 
<laughs> so luckily VAR had a look at it. Yeah, and funny. it didn't meet it didn't meet the threshold of being a clear and obvious error. So I stuck by it at the time yeah, yeah. and said that's Sean Penn. But I forgot about it until yeah. I read today. He's on with Piers Morgan on Talk TV tonight. Uh, so he'd obviously come in to record it. So it was the man himself, Hollywood it superstar. Was a pen. For it was definitely a pen. <laughs> a bit like Harry Maguire's. Yeah, it definitely was. If you've I mean, I would never go up to him and say, It's you, isn't it? That's the. It's you, isn't well, it? Well, I did that, didn't I? To who somebody. did you do that well, to? Well, there's a new neighbour who happened to be a journalist on the Sunday yes. Times, and I went, I met her, and then I went inside and looked. I thought, I know you, so I looked it up. Yeah. And then I went, this is you, isn't it? Oh yeah, <laughs> that was really. Just show a picture of a person. That's so bad. <laughs> so Andy. bad. She yeah. hasn't spoken to me since. Oh really? Oh yeah, that's no, oh, not it's, good. It's a, it's a bit weird. I know. Well, the whole thing. In the street. I the was old, quite depressed. The whole thing's a bit weird. <laughs> it was a bit. I weird. I recognise you. I go in, then you show. I was going to apologise, but I haven't had the. No, you're only going to compound it. What's that apology going to be like? Remember me, Andy Jacobs, guy lives, and I came up to you and I showed you a picture of yourself and said, that's you, isn't it? I knew, really, I mean, I'd like to apologise. She said, no, leave it now. Just, just, just back away. Exactly. Taser, taser, she's probably saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, have you ever said that to anybody? It's you, isn't it, uh, to mm. a celebrity? And how did that pan out? Was it them or wasn't it? Um, the other thing I want to get you going on, uh, we wish uh, jockey Neil Callan a speedy recovery. Mm. Um, he said uh, he's out of action for a couple of months. He fell off a ladder. Oh, nasty. But he does, he has given us, I mean, every cloud, he has given us a cool subject today to get oh, you going. Well, fair on. Enough, yeah. He seems to have had a kind of, uh, a kind of wry take uh, on it all. He was trimming a tree in his garden when he slipped and uh, fell four metres. We have a fair old lick. Yeah. The Iron Man, they called him. He can fall off a horse, but he obviously wasn't prepared to fall in the same way that he does uh, off a four-metre ladder. Um, but he was left with broken ribs, a fractured spine and a crushed lung. A terrible incident. God. But as I said, you know, they're hard. Was the ladder all right? <laughs> yeah, the ladder. The ladder was fine. Good. Um, as far as I know. The But... You know, jockeys are like, they're hard as nails. Mm. So he joked about it. He said, I would normally get the professionals in, but it was one branch, and I thought, that'll only take me a couple of seconds. I suppose no. that come back to bite me on the bum, he says. <laughs> because sometimes DIY... <coughs> excuse me. DIY can mm. do that. If you've ever mm. found yourself... We're interested in those misguided efforts to say, yeah, could get a plumber, but... No, I just, I'll, do it I'll do it myself. So the day you did it yourself, uh, ideally, I mean, it wouldn't be much of a story if you come and say, didn't bother with a plumber, just did it myself and everything worked out well. Saved myself 150 <laughs> yeah, we, we quid. Don't, we don't want those. Not interested in those. It had to go horribly wrong. <laughs> so let's have uh, the misguided uh, hmm. decisions to do it yourself in the Neil Callan envelope. We wish him well. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH&J 0371722244 to relive it. Relive the nightmare in person. Do let us know. 0371722344. New German left-back Kai Havertz. <coughs> yeah, he's looking good. I wonder if Arsenal playing down there. It's been a bit of a problem position at times, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. It says He said it could take a couple of weeks to get Arsenal fans on side. You think, how about a couple of goals? That yeah. Penalty <laughs> well, it's harder at left-back to score that many goals, isn't it? I can't see him being left-back. Seems well, he did, did he do all right? I mean, I didn't really see him. Well, it's a bit they, odd. It's an odd, you know. Did Germany lose again? They lost to Austria. So yeah. he played at left back and they lost. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it can't have gone that well. No, <laughs> can't be blame him for that, and I guess. David Beckham has posted a social media shot of himself in his allotment. And oh, nice, yeah. He's such a poser, though, honestly. It's like he's got the allotment wardrobe on. He has like what's clothes. the allotment wardrobe? Well, it just looks like a bloke that would wear the sort of stuff you'd wear going to an allotment, but in a okay. kind of studied 
What, way. What are you? Is this a feature in today's Telegraph allotment? Where? <laughs> well, what do you wear? Have you got an allotment, Andy? I haven't got an allotment. But oh, okay. If I did, I'd probably wear a suede gilet, a sort of countrified hat, some cords, <laughs> yeah, and a sort of you know that sort of look. That's the, so he's he's gone proper country. Yeah. Um, Proper allotment. Most people I see on the allotment look like a sack of spuds tied up ugly. Well, They've got he, a jumper he, full of holes. They've got well, big baggy right, But trousers. he's got that same look, but but a sort of like a studied is he, version. Is he going to dig in that outfit? I mean, it's quite <laughs> well, a lot of digging when you've it. got an allotment. Never, well, I've no idea. I haven't, I haven't been there. I mean, join saying the word allotment, though, aren't you? Especially on a national sports I'm enjoying station. it allotment. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it allotment. Of course. So, um, we're going to kick off today uh, reflecting on the Premier League meeting yesterday. I'm sure Everton enjoyed being there. I'm surprised mm. it didn't go off. I know. Hold me back. Um, Honestly, yeah. they might as well call it the self-interest club. Yeah. It's so ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. Every single person is voting with their club in mind. That is well, I suppose, clear. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the Premier League has yeah, been it's a wonderful... It's supposed to be for the common good, but a, it's, that doesn't happen, It's does been it? a wonderful collective, of course, isn't it? And uh, the, from mm. a sort of bargaining point of view, and they've yeah, managed... Until to, the government got involved. They've managed to hold it together. Flex their muscles. Yeah, you do before. sense the, the Everton charges are all about the independent regulator and them saying, don't worry, we can keep our own house yeah, in order. Yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. And Gibraltar have been very much in the news this week mm. after their 14-0 defeat by France at the weekend. Before we head to that part of the world and catch up with someone who spends a fair bit of time there and commentates on their games, our mate Paul Breen-Turner, Andy uh, Jacobs was having his say on that 14-0 defeat. Uh, on, it's going to be a cringe of this. I hate on, listening back to myself. On Monday, and this is what he had to say. Yeah, I wanted to know what you guys thought about the, the, the France-Gibraltar debate or the idea of... It's a complete waste of time. And what is the point of these teams being in these groups and just getting thrashed every time? It's absolutely... The, ca- the counter-argument is that if you do have a qualifying competition and these countries never get a chance to, to play well, nations play like France... They should but then play they, each other. And then, then how the does the sport grow? How no. does the sport grow in those countries? It's not going to grow in Gibraltar, is it? Whatever you do. It's just not going to... Lionel Messi can become Gibraltar. It's not going to grow. Forget it. And getting well, injured... A, that's breaking news here on TalkSport. It's Sport. true, though. Getting injured in games, in pointless games, that's what's annoying for club fans. It's not that they get injured because of international football. It's getting injured in games that don't matter. It'll never get any better in Gibraltar. Well, it's fair enough, isn't it? Yeah. So he's quite husky there, don't he? Yeah, it's a bit husky, yeah. Anyway, mm. they say that Paul Breen Turner joins us, a man who knows their football pretty well. Good afternoon, PBT. <laughs> hey, boys, good to see you and hear you. So there we are. Andy's looking for the freedom of Gibraltar. Clearly, <laughs> after that, he's probably going to be public <laughs> enemy number one. <laughs> he's banned. He won't get over the border. I don't I think he will. The old <laughs> monkeys are going to grab you by the neck and throw you into the throw you into the water. Um, so uh, it's interesting. I was reading a piece today in the Gibraltar Chronicle, which is a paper I often take. Yes, me very too. good crossword. No, but it, hmm. it's basically it was the trauma of that fourteen nil defeat. Players in tears in the dressing room. It affected them badly. But I was I'm, I was looking for green shoots and reading this piece. It seems the age group sides are kind of competing against better teams. There are some good young players coming through, which which guys again, which is the counter argument I was touching on with Andy in his rant. Yeah, well, <clears throat> TJ Debar, the striker, uh, plays for Wickham Wanderers. They've got a player, a left back, who plays in Denmark. Uh, Liam Walker played for Portsmouth and Notts County. 
And you should remember, guys, that uh, the, the premium team in Gibraltar is called Lincoln Red Imps. They actually beat Celtic uh, six years ago in the champ in a Champions League uh, uh, qualifier. Albeit they lost 3-0 the return leg in, in uh, Scotland. So, you know, they have had their moments. And against France in the home leg, they only lost by three goals to nil. It, they went to Rotterdam, had a man sent off, and with 10 men only got beaten 3-0 by Holland. So... You have got a point, Paul, when you say, well, if you if you don't give them the opportunity, how can they develop? And you've only got to look at countries like Albania and, and Luxembourg are a great example who have reached the playoffs, a, a nation of 600,000 uh, for the first time. So you've got to give them an opportunity. Otherwise, what's the point in them playing ever? Well, there isn't any, really. <laughs> Andy doesn't want Gibraltar. To, he wants football banned in Gibraltar. Yeah, I don't. Um, no, look, I just think it... What you want a pre-qualifying? It's the old chestnut, really, of a pre-qualifying yeah. tournament. So just, San Marino no, can play Gibraltar. I'm the opposite of Gianni Infantino. I don't believe in a 48-team World Cup. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Oh, yes, it's it's so a slight, boring. It's a slightly different argument. Well, no, it's the same argument. It's the same. There's too much football, and there are too many teams playing. So if you took those teams out, they, the groups would be smaller. The, the qualification would be easier. I, you know, I can see the argument that it, it's developing Qualification football, wouldn't be easy. I mean, if you're just... It's been like the Nations League. If you're coming up against three or four good sides, the intensity easier, of those matches... You were talking easier, about injuries, I mean, though. mean more. OK. They mean more. They mean more. And if you... Yes, if you get injury in a game that means something, well, fair enough. That, that's a hazard I'll remind of you of that when Cole Palmer's no, out for six months. That's a hazard of football. We, all, we don't like that. Nobody likes it, but we do, you accept it if it's a big game. But it's when they get injured in games that don't matter. That is annoying. Paul? Well, Malta as well. I mean, look at their performance at at uh, against England. Was that pointless? Yep. You know, I mean, I, they'd have been very happy with that display, and it, and it can only make you better players for the experience. You know, so it never does, does it? You know, I mean, Malta are never going to do anything. They're not. Are Malta ever going to get to the major final? But you know, and and you're, you're always going to have big teams and small teams. You can't yeah. all be big teams, can you? No. About 30-odd years ago, he put eight past Turkey at Wembley. And Turkey was not a football... It wasn't... It had a big uh, sort of club. domestic... It's always had a big club thing. But internationally, well, look at look at Turkey now. They're a false, you know, proper force. So they've been in plenty of World mm. Cups. They're a good side. They might not win mm. it, but they can compete yeah. in World Cups. Yeah. They've come close. All I can tell you guys is that here in Gibraltar, and I'm, what, a mile away in Al-Qaeda Marina. It's just over my shoulder. And I go over there a lot, and I watch them training. And their hearts are really in it. They really, really work hard. And rather than being slated, you know, this is a British territory. It's been a British territory for over 300 years. Why don't we try and help? Why don't England perhaps send over some coaches to try and help de develop football here instead of mocking it and laughing about it? Why don't they try to help? Why don't we invite Gibraltar for a friendly at Wembley Stadium? That's never happened. You know, why can't we try and be positive about uh, a fellow British nation. Andy, would you like to go over there as a kind of cultural <laughs> attaché and, well, and and bring... That would be a, make a great the, documentary. The, the upshot of it is it all works. Gibraltar come fantastic and they knock England out of the World Cup. <laughs> that's, that's what, that's I, what has happened I in thought, cricket. I thought you were playing the long game. <laughs> I thought that's what it was. They lost 6-0 last night, Paul, didn't they? So that's yeah, 20, yeah, 20 goals. Come on. They're not going to beat Holland, are they? Good result. <laughs> it, uh, so, yeah, so that's 20 goals in two games. So I mean, I, And it hasn't stopped. I, see, I read in this piece all the Gibraltar football fans phoning up. 
the Gibraltar equivalent of uh, Jamie O'Hara and Jason <laughs> Cundy, saying, hello, lads, hola, lads, great show. He's got to go. The team are rubbish. Uh, the manager's rubbish. We need a complete overhaul of the game. So expectations are pretty high, aren't they, amongst people who love their football in Gibraltar? Yeah, they, they did pull off one of their greatest moments when they won their Nations League group, which consisted of them, Liechtenstein and San Marino. Yeah. And Gibraltar expects to be last in that. And I, I know, Andy, you might laugh because they're small teams, but Gibraltar finished uh, top of that table and won promotion, you know. So mm. they can do it, but they just need time. They've only been FIFA members for, what is it, nine years now, something like that. So it's it's all new. It's all developing. And I just think, you know, there are people from the from the FA listening to your show daily. Send somebody over. Send some people over. Try and help a little bit. We're all supposed to be working together. Yeah, and bit. none of that happening, you know. So, um, but they were very upset. They were devastated after the loss against France. Don't mm. think they took that as as a joke. People yeah. were very upset. There were a lot of tears in the dressing room, and uh, they've got a lot of injuries. And when you're a team like Gibraltar and you've got five first team players out, wow, you know, you're gonna. You, I'm not, and I'm not just saying this, but there are people who are border guards, or taxi drivers. There's an architect in the team. You know, these guys are, are part timers. And they had to dig very, very deep. And actually, the result last night against Holland, look at the group they got. Holland, France, Greece, Republic of Ireland. They held the Republic of Ireland goalless in Dublin for the first 45 minutes, yeah. which was considered a really good performance as well. Went on to lose was it 3-4-0. So they're doing their best. They're trying to develop football at grassroots level. They haven't got the history in, in football that we've got. And the population member of Gibraltar is just 32,000 people. Mm. So they've got limited resources uh, to pick from. They should, That's play, they should play Sunday League. It's the same population as Chiswick. They could join the Chiswick and District League. Maybe <laughs> that's that thing of that hands across the water. The <laughs> FA could offer them a chance to play in an FA-affiliated <laughs> Sunday League. They did have five... Five first-team players out. If you think of your mm. club or, or England well, yeah, no, with five first-team players out against <clears throat> France, against the World well, they Cup final. wouldn't lose 14-0, though, would they? What? what England, England without... Well, yeah. England are slightly different, aren't they? England well, can exactly. probably compete on a level player. But if, like, as Paul said, if you're Gibraltar and you're missing your no, five of your best players... Of course, it's very players, difficult. Yeah, yeah, I accept that. That probably was the and reason. And do you know why. the other thing, guys? Sorry mm. to interrupt, but yeah. the other thing, you might not know this, but that stadium... Uh, it, the Victoria Stadium has been completely revamped. It doesn't reach the criteria uh, for European matches. So they have to, because the Spanish government uh, are being idiots and won't allow them to play here in La, in La Línea de Concepción, which is the Spanish town next door, they have to travel five hours to Faro in Portugal to play in a stadium there. Gee, that's not um, easy. That's not so helpful. I think they probably had 10 supporters who did the trip to Faro. It was a school night, of course, against Holland. So they have an advantage. I mean, he was in charge. They sneaked to 1-0 yeah. in the Victoria Stadium. They play on a, a, an AstroTurf pitch. Home advantage for them is absolutely massive. And uh, they're, they're missing out on that as well at the moment. So, Did you, did you say you know, 10 fans went to Faro? Well, maybe I'm exaggerating. There were plenty of Dutch there, but I noticed the cameras okay. didn't go anywhere near the Gibraltar fans. And I, there might have been 10 or 20, perhaps. Maybe I'm exaggerating. But <laughs> the very few, yeah. obviously... School night, five hours drive there, five hours back, yes. and you've just been big 14 nil. The motivation yeah. to, to go. <laughs> that is true, yeah. Lightweights. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, uh, I, I, I think you may have just, he may be on the turn. He may be coming uh, over yes, to do I'm a totally bit. Convinced. He may be coming over to do a bit of coaching, Andy Jacobs. Uh, good to talk to you, PBT. We'll catch up with you soon. Thanks a lot.
Yeah, all the best, boys. Take care. There we are. There's Paul Breen Turner there who uh, knows a bit about Gibraltar football. So there we are. Good luck to them. Good. Good, good luck to them, he says, <laughs> after all that. Yeah, you're not welcome in Gibraltar, are you? Oh dear, that's and you've got someone you could stay with. Yeah, I've got a friend in Gibraltar. Yeah, I know. I know lives yeah. out there. You could go that's and have a little, it. spend a bit of time there, do a bit of coaching, <laughs> a bit of PR for Gibraltar football. But no, you've quit. You've quit your pitch. I'll start a cricket team. You're st- <laughs> they probably got a cricket team. We'll probably beat England. It'll be fine. Yeah, they probably would. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus of the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. A bit of rugby short. They're trying to get Lewis Moody's out on the playing field. Yeah. Getting a bit of fresh air. What you going to say there He'll be, uh, what's that? <laughs> he was out on the... Playing oh ground. no, he's out on the playing field. <laughs> I wonder yeah. what you were saying. Uh, I think we've got him. Anyway, before we yeah. uh, before we chat to him, let's bring you John Taylor's uh, iconic bit of commentary from uh, that day back in two thousand and three. The closing moments when England secured the World Cup in Australia against Australia. Again, Wilkinson in the place. Johnny Wilkinson, he's done it. It's over. At last, at the fourth attempt. Johnny Wilkinson is on target. England in the lead. England have won the 2003 World Cup. Doesn't feel like 20 years, does no, it? I remember Even really somebody well watching, watching it. it yeah. I mean, it must Minutes. be making our next guest feel old. He was playing in it. Uh, <laughs> yes. Lewis Moody joins us. Hi, Lewis. Hey, guys. I hope you can hear me all right. Yeah, just, yeah we watching some rugby, actually. Oh, wait, what, you, just, who are you watching at the, currently? Well, my uh, my youngest son is playing for his school, Prior Park, and they've got a they've got an early sevens tournament. So it's, oh. uh, thankfully, it's not raining. So. Oh, that's good news. Good Lovely. stuff. Yeah, twenty years, Lewis. I mean, it's it's gone in the blink of an eye, hasn't it? Frighteningly. Uh, yeah, it has. Do you know what? it's a really weird thing when I reflect on it because it seems like so long ago and so much has changed. Yet when I actually, you know, hear the hear the sound bites back, when I see some of the footage. It does literally transport you to that moment, you know. I'm actually stood here with uh, or Danny Grucock, who's oh. one of my World Cup winning colleagues, is refereeing one of the other matches. Oh. And we're, we're going to an event tonight um, at the Apollo to, with the entire 31 members of the squad oh, that's good. Um, to, to sort of reminisce, I think. So it'll be, a, it'll be nice to catch up this, uh, 
but yeah, it, it doesn't seem like 20 years ago when you think about the game itself. It's really bizarre. Well, Will Greenwood, your teammate, said today in his Telegraph column that he's not watched it back. He's, he's not watched the whole game back of you. I've not watched the whole game, um, but I, I have watched bits back. I mean, invariably, I don't know what everyone else is like, but you tend to watch the bits back that you played in to, uh, <laughs> to yeah. evaluate your own performance. And, uh, and yeah, so, you know, it was... I, th I think when you watch it back, it fills you with a great deal of pride, you know, to, to be a small... I, mean, I only played seven minutes at the end of that game. I came off the, off the bench and... Richard Hill, who is, you know, just one of the, the best back row players England have ever produced, went down with a hamstring injury. And people people don't tell you about how to prepare when you're on the bench, you know, because you're full of nerves for basically mm. the entire game until you get on. And it's only at the moment that you cross that whitewash that you suddenly feel comfortable again. You feel in your zone. You know, up until that moment, I was just battling all the gremlins of, uh, you know, if I come on, am I going to be the individual that, you know, gives away a penalty and costs England the World Cup? So you're dealing with all that sort of yeah. mental torture on the sideline. But then when you cross that white line and you're into, you're into action, that's a, that's a comfort zone. But, but you know, you, you had a big part yeah, to play. Say, do you Are remember you, that? We were just watching it back. So the line out comes from you charging down their fullback who shanks it, doesn't he? Um, and that leads to the line out. You catch the ball at the back of the line out. Uh, rise like a salmon, uh, and then we, we <laughs> yeah. never lose the ball again. So I think you can watch with pride your sort of cameo because I think it had a, a, a you know pretty solid yeah, effect on what happened. Well, you're very generous, chaps. Thank you very much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I affected a semi-charge down, or at least I applied pressure. I didn't make any contact with the ball. And, uh, and Tomo, all Tomo, Steve Thompson had to do was get me the ball at the back because George Smith who is you know, a, a world-class inside flanker, but was only five foot nine, was was never going to compete for or contest for that ball at the back. So, thankfully, Tomo, in, in wet conditions, it has to be said, threw what would have been a challenging ball for him all the way to the back. And uh, as you said, the rest is history. And Matt Dawson got it. You know, Mike Cat, didn't, it didn't quite go, you know, as, as straightforwardly as we should have thought because Mike Cat got absolutely smashed by the Aussie defenders and we then had to build a series of plays. But, that never materialised because Matt Dawson, the, you know, the precocious, incredible talent that he was, made a, made a break and uh, off we went. And then Johnny Wilkinson, you know, the right man, right man of the moment. It was, uh, oh, you know what, my role on, from, the, from that uh, drop kick was to hold the width on the right-hand side because if the Aussies mm. held, oh, sorry, just watching the try. Tries been scored. What does that make the score? You're like a touchline reporter for us. Let's go to Lewis right. Moody out the sevens tournament. <laughs> I'd love to say I've been paying a, a close attention to it. I think it's three one to, to Pry, which is nice. I should probably have a better grip of the scoreline. But yeah. um but yeah, do you know what? So I, I had another role for, for Johnny basically on the day. If he if he was pressured by the Aussies, because mm. everyone knew that we were gonna get him in position for a drop goal. Yeah. Um and if the Aussies overly pressed him then we needed an option b and, and i was that option on the right hand side for a cross field kick because it meant there would have been space but um thankfully he didn't choose to <laughs> kick into me because <laughs> i was already panicking that he might and uh, and whether i'd actually catch it but um yeah yeah all good memories it worked out well do you remember the celebrations afterwards vaguely chap, <laughs> vaguely. yeah <laughs> Do you know what, bizarrely, in the in the changing room immediately after, the, the overriding feeling is always a sort of strange numbness because, mm. uh, you know, the immediate euphoria disappears and that sort of weight that's lifted disappears. And then you sit in the changing room, you're like, oh, I'm 24, you know, just won a World Cup. What 
what am I going to do for the rest of my career? Yeah, you know, how, yeah. do, how do you better this? Mm. And there's this weird numbness. Um, uh, but I think you suddenly realise that the journey is the bit you enjoy. And then I think once that feeling subsides, you, you relax into it. And you, we headed off to, I can't even remember what the bar was called now, but somewhere in Sydney till the early hours, a few of the lads got a escort back in a police van, not because they'd been naughty, but they couldn't find a taxi. So. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, good time. Good time. Right. And where are they fun tonight? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you do. And just finally, where do you keep the medal? Do you still, you're not wearing it today, are you? You don't wear it like a medallion? Yeah, like any good Olympian, you know, it's just in my inside pocket, you know, ready to be brandished. It. No, it's, uh, it's in... Um... It's, it's in a bag, actually, oh. in, uh, in one of the cupboards at home. Right. The, the few of the other medals. I've never quite decided what I should do with it. You know, it feels like... It feels like it probably should be framed now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> come out a bit more often. Yeah. Well, look, good to talk to you. Enjoy it. watching your lab play and enjoy tonight. Good to talk to you, Lewis. Thanks very much. Take care, Jens. Thank you. There we are, Lewis Moody, their England World Cup winner 20 years ago today. Brilliant. In, mm. uh, in Oz. Fantastic. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Andy, you are slightly obsessed with Mastermind, the popular... Oh, yeah. Really Andy, Andy Goldstein's appearing in the Celebrity One. I'm very much looking forward this to This Friday uh, on BBC yeah. One, so do check that out. Um, so, uh, yes. yeah. I've made a rod for my own back with this, really. I, yeah. I, I did really, really enjoy it, and I do still enjoy doing yeah. it, but I'm absolutely running out of special subjects. I think you are. We could be reaching the end of the road. Yes, this could be the end of the road, so, you know. End of a long and winding road. Well, it has been, really. It's been fun. I've, that doesn't bode well. The fact he didn't pick up on that and the Beatles is oh, a yeah, specialist subject. No, I, was about, I was thinking about Clive there. This is, that is, that is <laughs> not a good sign, is not it? Not a good really? sign. Well, I, you know, I know a little bit about the Beatles. I've only did this for Mark in Leeds. Mark in Leeds, just to annoy Mark in Leeds. It's great mm. that we can single out one listener just to annoy him. Who says, why, oh, why are you obsessed with the Beatles? <laughs> Spoken about him twice in 20 years, mate. Obsessed with the Beatles. <laughs> I love the when he came back Once and about said, football I shirt. don't speak like this. <laughs> once when they had football shirts out uh, the other day and yeah. once when they brought out the first single when half of the band sadly had passed on. So I'd say the fe- during our show, not them passing on, but the, the single coming out during our show. Pretty sound reasons just to yeah. mention it in passing, I'd say one of the biggest bands of all time. I think Clive did, somebody once did the, the songs of John Lennon or something, that was might mention it then as well. Clive who? Clive Murray. Oh, okay. Sorry, right. Fair enough. <laughs> Not Clive Allen. <laughs> Clive. Clive okay, then. So, tell me, give us your mastermind. What were the specialist subjects <laughs> this week? The film. Oh, hello. Oh yeah. The films of Martin McDonough. Oh yeah. Not the kebabs of Martin McDonough. No, they, they would be good, wouldn't they? Martin McShish. I'm a big fan of his as well. <laughs> the films of the award-winning director, scriptwriter, and playwright. Yeah. I thought I needed a bit more than that, Clive. I wasn't sure who he was until they mentioned oh, really? him in Bruges. Oh, okay. So for once, he left you wanting more. He did leave me. wanting I do more. like his work. Yeah. Not. Cl- I like Clive's work, but Martin McDonough. So Whereas yeah. Clive was back to full form with Dorothy Parker. Yeah. Oh, uh, did I find... Uh, no, I didn't find any uh, Martin McDonough plumbing. I didn't look it up. You didn't look okay. up a plumber. There's almost certainly there a plumber somewhere in Ireland called yes. Martin McDonough, yeah. Dorothy Parker. Yes, the poet, writer, critic and satirist whose wit and dark humour made her a celebrated figure in the 20th century of America. In America, not of America. Of America, yeah. yeah. Uh, not D. Parker Heating of Shepparton. Not, no, it wasn't <laughs> D. Parker Heating of Shepparton. Uh, what was the other one? US presidential elections... From 1948 to 2000. Pretty self-explanatory, I'd I say, say so. The 14 presidential elections that took place at the end of the Second World War and the new millennium. 
I'm thinking, well, not presidential plumbing of Hertfordshire. You found one. <laughs> I did, yeah. Oh, well done. And finally, the finally. music of Tom Waits, one of oh, my yeah. favourite artists. Tom Waits, yeah. The American singer, yes, the American singer and actor, known for his jazz and blues music, as well as avant-garde film soundtracks and experimental rock, and not Tom Waits plumbing of a Thousand Oaks, California. You Thank found you. one. Uh, I did. Producer tells us there is no Martin McDonough in the plumbing industry, either here or in Ireland, so but we'll keep searching for you, folks. Although we did find one of the listeners, I should thank one of the listeners for tracking down <coughs> Hilda Dion. If they say it's not a Hilda Dion, and uh, one of the listeners found somebody called uh, Hilda Dion, which That's does brilliant. take some doing. Well done to Joe Fry for doing that for us on Excellent. Facebook. Lovely. Good old Hilda. She's listening this afternoon. She probably is. Uh, your specialist subject, the Beatles. Yes. I haven't researched this or anything. I'm just going to rely on my knowledge. <laughs> Which, again, long and winding road. I'll refer you back to a few You're moments right. ago. Yeah, uh, your time starts now. Uh, what, was the the Beatles, what was the Beatles' first single in 1962? Love Me Do. Yeah, correct. Yes, correct. Uh, which Beatles album consisted only of Lennon-McCartney compositions? Uh, that'd be hard for you. Ooh, that's quite tricky, isn't it? Yeah, it is it? quite uh, tricky. Yeah. They, did, they did like a cover, of course, now and again, and other people would write now and again. Revolver? No, it wasn't. It? Hard Day's Night. Oh, okay. uh, which actor was the only guest star in three Beatles films? You'll know this one. Victor Spinetti. Victor Spinetti, yeah. Mm. Complete the lyric, When I find myself in times of trouble... Mother Mary comes to me. Beautiful, from Let Thank It you. Be. Which Beatles song holds the record for the most versions recorded by different artists? I think it's something, isn't it? It isn't. No, it's Yesterday. Oh, Yesterday. So down the Harrison room. Um, yeah. You did that. In which year was the Beatles' last live performance? At Candlestick Park, San Francisco, with all the screaming stopped. They don't know. 1967? 66, Andy. Oh. Unlucky. Uh, which is the only day of the week not mentioned in Lady Madonna. Um, to sing the whole thing. You're not even singing the tune. That doesn't bode well. <laughs> you know, Lady Madonna. <laughs> Is that the Morse code version? I played it on a comb and paper. Yeah, I think you probably you do the kazoo version of Lady Madonna. Yeah. Uh, Friday. It was Saturday. Oh. Uh, which play? Uh, who played lead guitar and while my guitar gently weeps. Well, you'd have thought it was well, George it was no, Harrison. A, but a non-Beatles member. A non-Beatles. Eric Clapton. It was Clapton, yeah. Uh, 20th of August, 1969, was the last day that all four Beatles recorded together. Which track were they working on? That's hard. The last ever track. Well, yeah, what, what was the last track they worked on? Yeah. Oh. No. And in the end? No, it was... Uh, no, no, no. I Want You, She's So Heavy. Oh, okay. was. Uh, which Beatle was the that. first to release... I've started, so I'll finish. Which Beatle was the first to release a solo album? You, I'd say George Harrison. It was Andy. Mm. Well, one, two, three, four, five. I got five there. John, five out of ten. Not bad. Not so bad. Dun, no dun, research. Dun, dun. Hopeless. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> Thank you very much. Don't forget Andy Goldstein. He's doing Goodfellas as a specialist yeah. subject. He's up at four, but he'll be on the show on um, Friday night. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Ollie Murs in with the fellas today and with uh, Darren and uh, Andy this Sorry. afternoon. So, are we off to... Uh, no, we're not off to Iceland. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, to be fair, to be fair to our guest, we were hoping to chat to, he has had to evacuate because yeah. a, a, a volcano could no, it's, it's, could it's, erupt any moment. Yeah, it's not a it, so it's, priority it's, for us. It's not... Yeah, he's not thinking, you know, I won't evacuate the whole family, I'll just hang on for talk spot. I'd hate molten lava to be running into the living room while he's chatting to us. No, so he uh, he'd best keep on his toes. Because, as we said, there's a live feed. I've just shown it to you, Andy. A live feed on Icelandic TV. Yes. It's basically just basically looking at the volcano. They're mm. going to get about 30 minutes notice. But, I mean, everybody in Grundavik have, have moved out. 
they've all they've they've gone out of town, understandably, because mm. that could be one of the worst affected places. But look, we may catch up with him later. We may not. Uh, but we're certainly going to catch up with Tim Vickery, who was uh, witness history last night in the Maracanã in Rio, and uh, all the shenanigans around it, which I'm sure you've been hearing about in the sports. That plane that brings today. them all home, all the players together. That must have been nice atmosphere on there. Oh, yes, you would think so. All those guys, the uh, Argentinians yeah. and Brazilians, all kicked off. Rodrigo started having a pop at some of the uh, Argentinian players, calling them cowards for wanting to go off. Messi, very strong after the match. Yeah, he mm. was. Well, I think they were, they were worried because, well, Tim's going to tell us, there was mm. quite a lot of the Argentinian players' families in that section. They saw they saw the old um, riot police wading in and, uh, and were very worried about it. So, um, anyway, to get in touch this afternoon, as we said, talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH&J. Um, we mentioned earlier on the jockey, Neil Callan, who decided uh, to do a little bit of tree felling. Hmm. He said he had to just trim a few uh, branches. He'd climb up the ladder. No problem for a national hunt jockey. Uh, but unfortunately, he fell off the ladder and did himself all manner of uh, issues. He's, I think, what's he done to himself? He's broken ribs, fractured spine, crushed his lung. He's able to kind of laugh about it now and mm. said, I was going to get the professionals in, but that came back to bite me on the bum. I thought it'd only take me a few seconds. Um, heating engineer showed my wife how to open the tap to the mains to top up pressure in the boiler. I'm sure he showed it to switch it off after. <laughs> <laughs> when it reached that satisfactory level, isn't it? But one and a half, they normally say, isn't it? She didn't turn it off. Next time uh, she did it, I'm on my way home from work a short time later and I get a frantic call that a pipe has burst under the floorboards upstairs. Mains water is going everywhere. Newly decorated hallway, etc. I've now had this disconnected, so it's a more complex job to reconnect next and top it up so yeah those those moments when you think yeah i just do it myself won't get the pros I, in i've noticed though, over the years that you do know quite a lot about plumbing i'm sure you've got your own rods I, I have, I th- do you know what I, i'd like my own rods just to be able in a in, in a flight case proper flight case rods but with, with a stencil on it like you're a rock band yeah, like I'm, people, anybody listening there's got some old rods i could transfer <laughs> don't send me your rods not use rods i don't want who wants use rods i just want to be able to say to a neighbor say oh yeah i say hang on i'll just get me rods just to be able just to be able to say that would be it would be a great joy um so talksport.com text 81089 tweet to uh, tsh and j um change the trap on the bar thought i'd done a Belting job, but I'm an electrician, therefore plumbing can't be that hard, says Liam in Doncaster. <laughs> Changed the trap, had a bath, emptied said bath, thought nothing else of it until my missus starts screaming and a full bathtub full of water is oh, cascading man. through the spotlights in the kitchen. <sighs> Electric stripped. Well, at least you could fix them, Liam, eh? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Every cloud. <laughs> Every cloud. Uh, but the new ceiling <laughs> kitchen, I couldn't. Instead, 30 quid to get the trap changed. I paid 800 quid for a new uh, kitchen oh, ceiling. So annoying, See? isn't it? It's a Neil Callan situation, as Glenn would call it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Just very quickly, we talked about doing a bit of DIY off of Neil Callan, the jockey who thought he would just take a couple of branches off a tree, fell fell off the ladder and has has injured Mm. himself. He's Mm. he's pretty, uh, although he's in a lot of pain, he's he's been able to be funny about it now, saying I should have got the professionals in. Um, We've had a couple of interesting ones. Uh, Just very quickly, moved into a new house last year. We wanted a new gate and fencing. The quotes were ridiculous, so I cracked on and did an okay job. Six weeks later, on a wintry, snowy night, the power just goes off completely. Try flipping all the fuses, nothing. Call the energy company. They come out and discover there's no power getting to the house. 
at all. Um, and they check it out. It's 1 a.m. We, we had to get a generator to give us some power. Next day after, lots of investigation, they discover whoever erected the gates had gone into the main electrical wires. And they asked the company we used, and I blamed my partner and said, oh, she got some cowboys in, nothing to do with me. <laughs> Took them three days to reconnect us. The entire street had to be dug up. Power switched off for all the neighbours for hours. Now none of the neighbours will speak to us. See, Dalgo in Glasgow, a force economy, it's that true. kind of thing. A couple of listeners have picked up on we, something we picked up on, listening to that Argentinian commentary. That, what do they do? Who's this from? It doesn't give his name. But so what do they do when it's a... A VAR. VAR. Yeah, when you commit to a commentary yeah. like that, goal, 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 and then you've and got... Oh, no, actually, yeah. the VAR's had a look so at it. So the VAR's got a look at it. That's another three minutes, yeah. and then... That's true. He does it again. Yeah, but they're still doing it. It's not stop him doing it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, there we are. That's how it all unfolded today. I'm back here tomorrow with uh, Charlie Baker. And Andy, you'll be joining us for the birthday spread. Looking forward to it. As Um, I often ask you, the joke's good? Well, having been emboldened by Tim Vine's... Compliments. Tim, last Tim Vine says he loves your gags in the birthday oh, no. spread. I, I thought if he does, if he doesn't like, nobody does. But it was good. Yes, yeah, nice. So you're feeling confident. You're feeling going in with a lot of renewed a lot confidence. Of confidence. Don't worry, we'll soon knock that out <laughs> of you <sure>. tomorrow. <laughs> Anyway, do hope you can join us from one. If not, the podcast will be available as always at around four. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. <laughs> Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Eufy X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris and Mop Master dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.